before he destroys the city. What could he want? Unless we find something to appease him. Music. Welcome to New World Pictures Podcast, where we're going to talk about every movie released by New World Pictures. I'm Ryan. With me, as always, is Mark. Dr. Pepper has 23 flavors. <laughs> and Erica. Hey, guys. Just happy to be here. <laughs> and we are in Monstruary, where we are going to talk about all the monster movies released by New World Pictures. And joining us for this episode is a returning guest. You've heard her in Up From the Depths and Cover Girl Models. She is a writer and performer. Welcome back, Allie Davis. That's right. Um, we wanted to make sure our commitment to you, Allie, is that we carve out the most odd and unique slice of New World's filmography. For you to watch, now having consumed Up From the Depths, Cover Girl Models, and Godzilla 1985. What a slice you have been able to watch and talk about on this podcast. I'm, I'm honored. Yeah, it was, uh, it was like Godzilla 85. I was slumbering. It awakened me. <laughs> yes. As it, as it does to anyone who watches it. Yes. <laughs> it, it, it fills all of us with cadmium. <laughs> i i have issues with cadmium <laughs> missiles come on <laughs> but we'll get there because of course we are gathered together to talk about 1985's godzilla 1985 in 1956 he first appeared on motion picture screens across the country his impact on audiences was instantaneous and unprecedented his acting technique was revolutionary his presence overwhelming. He possessed more raw talent than any performer of his generation. He soon became an international legend, a giant who took the world by storm. Then, suddenly, at the height of his fame, he retired from motion pictures. Now, he is back, and he's more magnificent, more glamorous, more devastating than ever. Prepare yourself the greatest star of all has returned. Godzilla, 1985. Coming soon to a theater near you. 
Wow. Way to stretch a joke beyond all humor and joy. That's right. Godzilla 1985 brought to you by Dimple Whiskey. When you're dining alone because Godzilla is attacking Tokyo, make sure to add Dimple Whiskey. Its mild and aromatic flavor is the perfect complement to all the food you hastily grabbed from the fridge. When Godzilla attacks your town, grab some Dimple. Goes perfect with Dr. Pepper. <laughs> so would you call it Dr. Dimple or Dimple Pepper? It's called a and d nothing like a dimple and dr pepper (laughs) for you just to murder your taste buds (laughs) i'd drink one (laughs) sure i give it a shot this was directed by koji hashimoto for the most part who directed the source material 1984's The Return of Godzilla and who'd worked as an assistant director on 1962's King Kong vs. Godzilla, 1969's All Monsters Attack, and, ironically, The Submersion of Japan, the film New World bought during the Roger Corman era and added new footage featuring Lauren Green so they could then release it as 1975's Tidal Wave. The American footage, uh, which they then borrowed that exact concept and decided to replicate for this. (laughs) The American footage was shot by R.J. Kaiser, who had worked as an editor for New World during the Corman era. He worked on Battle Beyond the Stars, Galaxy of Terror, did the uncredited recut of Up From the Depths, among a bunch of other things. Um, Prior to this, he was editing a film that was ultimately titled Space Rage. And he shared this anecdote about it via email. He said that the director, Conrad Palmasano, was dismissed after the screening of the first cut, not his first cut, but the first cut. Producer writer was Morton Reed, who was some kind of career counselor fellow. He thought he could do a better job. After a few weeks, Peter McCarthy was hired by Vestron Video to take over the film. He directed some additional scenes. The show lingered on and on when Tony Randall called me. To say the Godzilla project was going to start in a week, I promptly gave notice on Space Rage and told my assistant editor he could take the screen credit for editing the film. I didn't want it. What a world. (laughs) 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 That's what he was doing leading up to doing this. And of course, this is the big brainchild of Tony Randall. I'd rather because he was handed this project once New World decided to get the rights to Return of Godzilla. And Tony Randall is the one who put everything in place, getting Lisa Tomei to write the script, which she wrote the script for the dubbing. And then Straw Weissman did the, all the dialogue that was shot for the is American that Marissa footage. Tomei's sister that did that? I don't believe, I don't believe so, but I don't <laughs> Just, know for sure. I mean, um, I'd like to think so. I think it'd be, maybe that'll be in the research. Hollywood is a small town. <laughs> Uh, I thought for a second you were asking if Straw Weissman was Marissa Tomei's sibling, which I was like, no, that would be kind of fun if he was. No, Lisa's not, but funny you should ask, Mark. (laughs) The movie stars none other than Raymond Burr, who reprises his role as Steve Martin. Not that Steve Martin, but his role in 1956's Godzilla King of Monsters, the American re-edit of the original 1954 Japanese film Godzilla. Of course, the man who played Perry Mason and Ironside on TV, 1985 also saw the release of Perry Mason Returns, which is the first of 26 
Perry Mason TV movies that Burr would be in and would be released up until his death in 1993. Hmm. Here's where you can watch Godzilla 1985, and it is on YouTube. It is on VHS, which is how we watched it. Or you can get the laser disc, and that's it. Yes. <laughs> laser disc. That's perfect. Yeah. Uh, it never made it beyond the video store era and has not made it onto a DVD or Blu-ray or anything like that. Uh, we, I attempted to put this onto our YouTube page, but copyright said, nope. So I don't know how there's a version up on YouTube, but it's there. It's there. And it looks very nice. It, it looks better than our VHS dub. So I, how it's living on the internet, I'm not sure. But in any case, it's there. So go, you can watch it there. We don't understand how it keeps living, but it does. It's indestructible. <laughs> and it, yeah. Copyright tried to take it down and it just made it stronger. <laughs> <laughs> it took a brief nap and then it was awakened oh, by wow. lightning mm-hmm. and yeah. got right back up. It's time to talk about what this movie is about. Let's find out what Godzilla 1985 is about. Mark, let's start with you. While vacationing on his private island retreat, Godzilla (laughs) is interrupted by a terrible hurricane, which causes the chocolate souffle he was baking to fall, and all hell breaks loose. (laughs) So true. So true. I mean... What Master was he Baker doing? Godzilla. What was he doing before they woke him up? Uh, or he mm-hmm. came out of that island? I mean... Maybe he was painting little D&D characters <laughs> that he was just, you know, getting ready for a getting D&D his Dr. Pepper later on. And Dimple. Just <laughs> got his, pouring that together. His, please, his D&D. That's his D&D. Yes. That's D&D, right? That's what I understand <laughs> that to mean now. Yeah. You, yeah. Allie, what is Godzilla 1985 about? It's... It's... <laughs> That's it's puzzling because Godzilla, we're told repeatedly, is here to warn us about something, but they're <laughs> mm-hmm. oblique about. <laughs> we never get a definitive. No, no. He just goes, "I'm a bird," and leaves. So <laughs> it's I guess up it's to a- the viewer to take that <laughs> to figure that out. I think that makes it about stomping and yeah, figuring out the meaning of life. Those two things mm-hmm. together, mm-hmm. right? It means everything and nothing. Yeah. <laughs> It's Erica, what is what's this movie about? This movie is just a fever dream had by one very sick person on a boat who encounters rough waters, hits his head, falls asleep in a closet, and dreams up Godzilla, nineteen eighty five. Alternate ending. I can find that. Mm-hmm. You know what? Couldn't argue that that's wrong. We just I never see either. we never see him back in the closet, mm-hmm. but if they just put that section back in there and somebody mm-hmm. finds it, would have been like, again, oh, now this oh, makes sense. It was just all a dream. He yeah. dreamed of Godzilla. Well, yeah. for me, I thought that this movie was about that the final piece of any good military operation is a homeless man. <laughs> <laughs> That's what ties it all together. Yeah. yeah. That's what makes it all work. That's the yeah. glue. That's the glue. That's piece. true. So true. Here is the letterbox synopsis. We're at oh Letterboxd. Oh boy, here we so go. Follow <laughs> us there. Okay. Okay. Originally released in Japan as The Return of Godzilla in 1984, this is the heavily re-edited, retitled Godzilla 1985. Adding in new footage of Raymond Burr, the 16th Godzilla film ignores all previous sequels. No, it doesn't. 
It absolutely it, it shows it footage not. of the original. <laughs> That's not true. It brings back a character from the first movie it, it, or the Americanized version of the first. Yeah, movie. you could argue it, it. It gets rid of a lot of the previous movies. It skips sure, over. But you can't say. It, yeah. you can't say it gets rid of all of it or ignores <laughs> all of it. That, this yeah, is a Halloween 2018 situation where yes. we're just a legacy sequel. We are just ignoring all other sequels, going straight to the first one. Also, I'm sorry. Last time I un- understood the word synopsis. It was what the movie's about, not some observations <laughs> on how it was made, letterbox. Oh, I can't wait till I get a job there and I can go in and edit these synopses and then resign immediately. Ooh, go on. I fixed everything. I'm yeah, out. You're welcome. I quit. My job is done here. <laughs> and then she went into a volcano. <laughs> yep. I just right. dive into the volcano. You, all you did is change the synopsis for steaming to say, do not watch. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> My work is done, as I said. All right. Actually, um, I would change the synopsis to this would be better if it was a bunch of dudes and dongs. <laughs> Godzilla 1985, you mean? <laughs> she she yes. changed all the synopses yes. to that. They all say that. <laughs> <laughs> they all say it. Every movie. It works across the board. Oh, you know what? It's true about Kramer versus Kramer. <laughs> it's, it's true. It would have been better. All right. Uh, serves as a direct follow-up to the 1956 Godzilla King of the Monsters. Okay, there you go. Which also featured scenes with Burr edited into 1954's Godzilla. Thanks for the information. Let's get to a synopsis. The what? film restores the darker tone of the original. Does it? I... He's, uh, I mean, he's not friendly Godzilla. He's mean Godzilla. Sure, that's true. I guess. And a lot of it happens at night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Stark out. As we witness the nuclear destruction of giant lizard, of giant lizard, lizard? of giant lizard terrorizing Japan. That's what? the synopsis. Yep. I, I, As no. we witness the nuclear destruction of giant lizard terrorizing Japan. That's not That's... what happens at all. That's nope. explicitly not what happens. Not only is that not a good sentence, that is not what happens. How, did somebody start the synopsis and then somebody else came in like maybe perhaps a child came in and finished it right i don't well i think they turned in everything and like you said they were like this isn't a synopsis this is just information about the background of the movie so somebody went ah let me tag on one line for you i don't know giant lizard destroys things i don't know it's a bit darker and there's a giant lizard and it destroys stuff this reminds me i used to have an editor that would your editor writes your, she would write headlines, but she would only read like the first paragraph of a 14 paragraph thing and then just stick a, and it feels like that where like, they're like, all right. right." Yeah. I fell asleep in 10 minutes and it's, it's this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it fell asleep so hard that they forgot to add the The. before (laughs) giant lizard. (laughs) Lizard. (laughs) I mean, to be fair too, it does seem to have a very, like generic Godzilla plot, essentially. I, I think you can actually cut the Godzilla part out of that and say it just has a generic plot. <laughs> right, right. Certainly a generic kaiju plot, yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. It's like, there's a creature, and what do we do about him? And perhaps we should blow him up. And no, here's a plan, but also let's just do the thing where we blow him up. And then... <laughs> but, the, the, uh, very, the standard sequence that I love, which is we probably shouldn't shoot bombs at him. 
but we're going to. There's the, there's <laughs> right, always... right. They don't right. work, but maybe this maybe. time they will. It'll probably <laughs> anger and confuse him. Ah, right. let's get. <laughs> We gotta give it a go. We've gotta give it a go. <laughs> you got to. It's, it's worth got it. To. It's worth it. It sounds like you guys are upset about that, though. But honestly, like, what were you turning? What were you tuning, turning, tuning in, right. and hoping to see? I know. Were yeah. You like, no. oh, more complications, please. Like, no fire <laughs> missiles at him. Let's watch him take a deep I, dive into the water. Like, let's. I go. wanted more stomping. I'll go ahead and, and put that mm. on the table right now. Not I enough stomping. A sure. little more time explaining what the fuck that monster is on the fishing boat. <laughs> yes. I love that we never get back to yes. that. Yeah. Yes. That was the scariest part of the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. right. I looked it up because I was like, what the hell? Because I was like, is that a Godzilla egg? Is it a... Right. And they're like, yeah. there's one line where they're like, oh, it's a sea louse. And I'm like, it's a what? Yeah. yeah. They're called sea louses. And they trimmed a lot of that out of, that, of this version because they had them it's like... It's a crime. Like going diagonally towards them like through this through the air and i guess it i guess new world thought it looked a little silly or something but <laughs> i'm like ah. pot kettle <laughs> that critical new world eye yeah <laughs> can't have that which i mean silly. this movie was initially going to be a comedy they were going to make this a comedy so i mean that's the thing is that i don't understand that's how they initially saw it it did evolve a little bit even uh, very quickly uh, because this all kind of came together in 1985. And so they very kind of quickly put everything together. But oh. it was initially thought of as like, well, we're put, cutting together or re-editing a Godzilla movie. This is Tony Randall was saying, I was reading an interview with him where he was like, we're kind of this to cutting together a Godzilla movie. It's going to be kind of silly. So let's just like lean into it and lean into the camp of it and just make it kind of funny. That, that was the initial conceit. A lot. But why they would cut out the sea louse, which is one of the best parts of the movie. And why <laughs> why doesn't another one return? That might be on the original movie. Because I'm like, that if they didn't right. have footage of it, they're not going to recreate it. But Did only one mutate? Yeah. Yeah, like, did only one. I mean, that's got to be from the original movie. Just didn't have more, right? So. right. Also, or, does that mean that Godzilla has lice? Because gross. <laughs> right. That's horrifying. <laughs> To think about, like, if he has lice, it, is there also, like, mutated dandruff? Is there mutated, like, plaque on the teeth? Well, where does it end? I imagine his grooming really lacks, oh, you know? Because it's got to be That's hard a- to get back to the spikes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like right. Mark said, he's on vacay. Yeah. He's just yeah. taking a break That's on right. Yeah, but that changes, that changes my plot. I think instead of baking, he was just on the last session of combing those nits out of his... Mm. Out of his... Out of his, mm-hmm. his scales. His little crevices. Then that yeah. hurricane hits, and he's like, geez, I was so close. And then yeah. he goes ape shit. That'll, mm-hmm. The hurricanes mm-hmm. blow him right back in, and he's got that yeah. bumpy skin. Yeah. There was also a quick segment after the fishing boat scene with the sea louse, where for a hot second, then we switch to these Russians in a submarine, mm-hmm. and we almost get Das Boot Der Godzilla. And I thought, now that, that, I would have been interested in that movie. A DOS boot style movie, but Godzilla's in the water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I've learned a key lesson that just clicked from my th- three times on the show, which is that uh, three three times in an intro. 
if you're making a movie and you think it might be a comedy, make a firm yes or no decision and stick <laughs> To it. <laughs> For the love of God. All three of the movies, now that you've told me about this, I was like, oh, that's that's what the heavens wanted us to learn from this oh, triad. That's what Godzilla taught you. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay, throughout well, this what, episode, we're all going to share what Godzilla taught us. Yes. <laughs> that's what all three of these movies have taught Allie, is yes. that you need to stick to your initial plan. Whatever your plan my is. My little sea louse. Let Allie glean from this a comedy or will there be a very violent gunfight one or the other is that yeah. mm-hmm. the it's the casting of raymond burr that changes <laughs> that from from any sort of comedic sensibilities and instead makes it more of a serious film because yes apparently upon him saying yes and they brought him back because of the original movie his his uh, representatives made it clear that he was not going to participate in any tomfoolery when it came Miss- to godzilla Mr. Bird does not do japery. <laughs> no, <laughs> nope. And he takes his Godzilla very seriously. So everything had to change in terms of tone. So, oh. but speaking of, he gets a great opening shot as we see him in his island retreat or wherever he is, not taking very good care of a grandkid. <laughs> <laughs> taking better care of his little talisman. Yes. You play on the floor. Talisman gets a velvety pillow to sit right. by me while I work. Right. Here's here's a toy of the most traumatic thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> right. 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 You play with it. It's fun. It's just good fun. Of course, I lived it, and it was a yeah. nightmare. <laughs> right. <laughs> Mr. Martin, we need you in Washington. Yes, I've been expecting you. Because we need another warm body at the Pentagon. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Let's have him in here. What are we going to be doing with him? Nothing, really. (laughs) In the end, not much. What are we going to be doing from here at the Pentagon? Almost nothing. <laughs> Looking at these monitors in front of us. Right. Just mm-hmm. watching Looking them. these monitors. Need watching monitors. Set of eyes. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. So we get our first scene in the Pentagon and we meet our American cast members, which is Warren Kemmerling as General Goodhue, mm-hmm. who plays the sheriff in Eat My Dust from New World mm-hmm. Pictures. Yes. James Hess as Colonel Ration, who also played a colonel in Wavelength from oh. New World Pictures, which we covered on this podcast. Is he mm-hmm. the curly redhead colonel? Uh, the redhead, I believe, and it's kind of hard to verify because their pages on, on IMDb almost have no pi- actual pictures of them, with the exception mm-hmm. of Warren Kemmerling. But I believe that is Travis Swords, who's playing Major McDonough, who is from If Looks Could Kill. Okay. No way. Really? Really? Yes. So I'm going to have yeah. to watch that again. I uh, I don't remember him from that movie. <laughs> right. Now you have to watch and see if he's, when he's no. there. Mm-hmm. I am always looking for a good excuse to watch if looks could kill. So. <laughs> <laughs> and the great thing about that is that, of course, we do get our first giant shot of the massive Dr. Pepper uh, machine that they have in what? the Pentagon. Yeah. that's It's made to scale. Like, it's just made exactly... <laughs> How the Pentagon is. <laughs> it it spits up two liter bottles because you want to drink a lot of Dr. Pepper. Yeah. Yeah. It's the Pentagon. We got long hours. Mm-hmm. You're going to need to stay up. Had there not been product placement before this movie, like it's so ham fistedly done in this one that it's. 
Right. Well, I, I think a lot of that has to do with, on average, uh, the consumers drink 1.21 Dr. Peppers per year. Oh! So. Somebody like, crunched the Dr. Pepper numbers. Um, I have a Just cool saying. Dr. Pepper fact for you. Oh! Oh! oh shit! Oh, a double crunch. Tell me more. This is, tell this me is more. double crunch. Tell me more. This is two Come competing on, crunches. Okay. Uh, this is this is more anecdotal. Uh, my friend Christopher in the early '90s was an English teacher in Japan, and let okay. me tell you what soft drink he couldn't get there and had to go to Australia to get himself a case of Dr. Pepper. So wow. that I... product placement is almost a fuck you to me. It's <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I do believe that Toho was not thrilled with the Dr. Pepper aspect of <laughs> the movie. I don't know that for sure, but that's what I have read. And so I think it's a very solid guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there oh, he is. Oh, he's got it. <laughs> he's got a Dr. Pepper. Of course, he's got to drink Whoa. one during the episode. That makes sense. Uh, I knew I was missing something. <laughs> something go. feels off. That looks now really refreshing, Mark. <laughs> mm. Wow. This is a Dr. Pepper, strawberries, and cream, zero sugar. So, wow. Wow. So it's 34 this is, flavors. <laughs> this is like, this is a party in my mouth with every sip. Yikes. Woo! No regrets. Yikes. No regrets. <laughs> What we find out, though, in the Pentagon is that Russia is blaming the U.S. for the attack on their sub. Mm -hmm. I think that's what we learn. We actually even watch this with our kids. And after a while, even our daughter was like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> it's very hard to fall. I, I yeah. the, the first time I was like, did I fall asleep repeatedly or is it just very hard? <laughs> yeah, it's very it's like you get bits of information. And if you don't hear that exact that boom, from, yeah. like what that piece of information is, which you may or may not see that actually coming out of somebody's mouth. And so yeah. you right. may just have to hear it like outside of conversation. And <laughs> that's the critical piece of information you need to move forward. But you don't realize that. So it's it is a little tricky to watch. And, yeah. And, and for listeners, the plot of this movie is not like the plot of The Wire, where it does <laughs> require a lot of paying attention. The plot yeah. is... It brought Godzilla coming. simple on this one. <laughs> but yet... <laughs> Godzilla coming. <laughs> but, but yet, you, you'll find yourself asking, wait, did I miss something? Yes. A lot. A, A lot. lot. It makes me feel yeah. so much less, no, no, less no. stupid because I was like, no. how? <laughs> What does happen is that Japan decides they are going to be the good people and, they, and their prime minister says, OK, we've been trying to keep this a secret for all of three to four minutes that it was Godzilla. <laughs> but let's reveal it <laughs> that it was. Well, in they fact. don't want the people to panic, Ryan. Right. Which, in fairness, right. they did. They absolutely <laughs> did. Mm -hmm. 100%. That was and they do later once it is Godzilla. So, like, yeah. you know, we have many panics. So. That's what happens. He admits that it was the work of Godzilla. And I was like, does that justify the scene in the Pentagon? Does it? <laughs> why does Raymond Burr never come off the wall during the scene in the Pentagon? <laughs> like, I understand why he's shy at the first, but once they acknowledge him and they're like, hey, you're right. the expert, he's still 
absolutely <laughs> pressed up against the wall. I mean, I think he only has clearance to go that far. Oh, okay. There's a little line <laughs> on the floor that we just don't see. He doesn't yeah. get full room clearance. No. You only have wall clearance. Yeah. yeah. We, we missed him stepping forward. They're like, oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh, oh you have to stay on the wall. You have to yeah. stay on the wall. Yeah. Yeah. You can be like, Steve Martin, you stand over there. And then someone would <laughs> mm-hmm. speak up and be like, Steve Martin's here? Like, no. Not no, that no, Steve Martin. No, no, <laughs> no. They so carefully do not say Steve and Martin in the same sentence to him at any right, point in the right. movie, which yeah, I right. love. Because yeah. they know it's gone then. <laughs> Who are you? Name is Martin. You asked for me to be brought here. Mr. Martin is the man you asked me to get, General. He's only allowed to step into that room when they form that, like, semicircle at the very tail end <laughs> yeah, of right. the movie. That's right. the only time he's allowed to fully enter the room. Yeah, yeah. The Let's Pentagon pep rally. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, Allie, to answer your question, I think probably the reason why he is so stuck in one position is because he was using, as he often did, particularly in his Perry Mason days, and he got very accustomed to it, but he was using monitors where he had all his lines. So he set up like clear eye lines for Thank where you. he would put, you know, a monitor where he had all his lines going because he was just reading them all off of monitors. Wow. Which is a, a something he got used to doing during Perry Mason because of the last minute rewrites, oh, and he okay. was like, "I couldn't memorize a lot of the you know lawyer jargon and stuff." So he would just that's how he would do it. You know what he needed to do was a few rounds on a cruise ship because you'll learn the scene real fast there. <laughs> that's, right. That's, right. that's right. That's right. Yeah, you got to learn that real fast. <laughs> okay, that actually puts my heart at ease because I'm like, who blocked him like that? But so, <laughs> yes, he did. He, did. he blocked he did. himself. He, yes. he said he honestly set up the monitors in the room and he knew where they would be and where his eye line could be, where he wouldn't. It wouldn't look like he was reading his lines. Wow. Got so it. I'll do this movie, but I'm I'm not going to put my back into it. I'm just going to. Yeah. Right. I mean, God, I wish I had that kind of pull. Right. <laughs> I mean, he did shoot for a single day. And in that day, he also said, I will not work beyond eight hours. Oh he my put in God. a real like Charles Bronson day of work. Well, at that point wow. they are like, no, no fancy blocking. You you stand <laughs> yeah. him in one spot. Yeah. And you, yeah. yeah, and they had one day to shoot all of the stuff, so they were like, just great. You stand right there. Let's go. Like you know. Wow. So I don't think they had time to really work through too much. Twenty-seven minutes in, we finally see Godzilla. Yay! <laughs> we Yay! haven't seen him the entire time. <laughs> the camera finally sees him, pans up as we're watching it with our kids. Our 10 year old says, Balls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That was, of course, his thought as uh, they pan up of Godzilla. Godzilla's balls. The Godzilla yep. balls. Yeah, now I do. Yeah. They are covered in lice. Yeah, can't even see him. So, yeah, can't even see him because it's just all he doesn't even actually have scales, it's just all those sea louses. <laughs> well, I do think as a lizard, they probably are properly retracted into his system. I think that's very, they did a lot of scientific research. Oh, and they, are you wow. watching the numbers on lizard balls, <laughs> Wow, this is amazing. Don't get me started on snake dicks, anyway. Okay. So no, let's get started on snake dicks. Let's get started on snake dicks. That's the quote for the episode right there. Yep. Don't, get yep. me, don't get me started, don't on, get snake me started on snake dicks. I believe most snakes have two of them. And they... Wait, what? what? Wait, what? I, snakes are oh. double dicked. Oh, never been more jealous of a snake than I am right now. <laughs> 
Um, okay, wow. Uh, I just learned. You said what we're all going to learn in this episode. Well, I learned about <laughs> a snake dick is what I learned from Very Godzilla good. 1985. That's great. But you know what we do learn? We do learn something about Godzilla. And okay. that is uh, the fact that it has a bird brain. These ultrasonic images help us to isolate his brain mass. Very unusual configuration. That's really Godzilla's brain? This region here is distinctly bird-like, only mutated. But then dinosaurs and birds are genetically similar. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I mean, they have this theory early on that he is attracted to bird sounds because they have a picture of him moving to, in the same direction as birds. Which yeah. you could also argue the birds could be following him. I mean, mm-hmm. that is a that mm. is a flimsy theory at right. best. Right. And they right. rally the entire military around this <laughs> piss poor theory that he follows birds or birds follow him. I it but that also makes while no he's setting sense. up this this plan that they have all decided this sounds good we're going with this he's going to follow bird sounds <laughs> a lot of eggs in that but basket <laughs> in the meantime mm-hmm. let's blow him to shit right <laughs> <laughs> they just they pick all the plans in this movie if there's <laughs> yeah, right. yeah right they have like hey we've got lots of things we want to do we got a super X. You didn't know about that. We've never set that up. But anyway, there's a Super X thing, and that's the machine that we have, and we'll just take that at. What does it do? It doesn't matter if it's a Super X. Just know that we're going to kill Godzilla <laughs> with it, and we're going to do that. And we're going to like get him into a volcano. That's our big plan. We're going to get in the volcano, light the volcano. That'll burn him up. we got the Super X. We've got planes. Also, we're going to have him follow the sound of birds. Great. Do all of them. <laughs> right. Do them all. Mm-hmm. On top of that, the professor says... Godzilla cannot be killed by anything. Right. right. Period. By anything. Hard stop. Mm-hmm. Right. And then right. Yet when the other guy's they like, try everything, everything, including the most asinine theories <laughs> to kill Godzilla. I think they overthought it. Like, if he has a bird brain, then they should have just put, you know, rat poison in with some bird seed and he would have gobbled it down and then that would have been the end. Or just give him a little water dish of antifreeze. Like, you know, he's a bird. He's not impossible to trick. Birds have you killed, Erica. Jesus Christ. Or just let him eat some uh, color printed newspaper. That'll right. kill, that'll just give him too much rice. Isn't that why we're not allowed to throw rice at weddings anymore? Because birds overeat it and then explode. Just drop some rice in that mm-hmm. dude's mouth. That would be a movie I would watch. A short, at least, I would watch. <laughs> they also then create this sound beam that's that's supposed to be at the frequency of a bird. Yet right. it doesn't right. sound like a bird of at a bird. all. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a laser beam. At all. It sounds like a laser beam. If it does, well, to us, to our ears, to, to bird ears. ears, to bird <laughs> ears, it was like. But <laughs> Godzilla was like, "Huh? What? But my bird friend? I'm on my way. I'm on my way. Is there a secret way. tone that both a hummingbird and an emu emit? That's just like bird. Is there? Right. Yes. Yeah. Erica, was your was your bird reacting during the laser beam sound? Mm, like, good did, question. Yeah, he just kept flying into the lit candle that I had because he didn't realize. <laughs> <laughs> just kept flying towards it. 
<laughs> I love when they implement this whole plan of like the bird sound stuff because I was like, wish you had got done that before he tracked all the way through Tokyo. Yeah, like, right. You couldn't have taken. Right. Is, right. is that the shortcut? only? Is that the only way to the volcano? Yeah. How do you get to the volcano? You got to track right through Tokyo. You always got to go through to Tokyo. It. It's like transferring That's... through Atlanta when you're flying. You gotta <laughs> gotta stomp through Tokyo. You, That's just, right. you just have to. That's the yeah. only way. Mm-hmm. That's the only way mm-hmm. we have. All you have to do is is take out a giant window in a giant building and then airlift the doctor out with his machine <laughs> and take him so he can plug in his bird sound machine. Yeah. Why didn't you think of doing that earlier? You could have saved a lot of destruction. Yeah. Should have taken that helicopter and just made a big ball of suet and then dipped it again in antifreeze. And then when he's like, yeah, drop it in his mouth. I, I don't know. <laughs> what our listeners are learning is the many ways you could kill a bird. <laughs> so everyone's learning. <laughs> Not what I thought we would be covering. <laughs> and here we are. To be, to be fair, while that theory is crazy and, and seemingly impossible, and, and you could punch holes in it all day long, Raymond Bird, the quote unquote expert, Yep. His comment is simply Godzilla is like a hurricane, <laughs> tidal wave. We must approach him as we would a force of nature. We must understand him, mm-hmm. deal with him, perhaps even try to communicate with him. But they don't. <laughs> if I ever see a hurricane or a tidal wave, I just need to try to communicate with it. Hello! Not right here! Go that way! Go to Tokyo! Did you want to come inside for some dimple whiskey? (laughs) Come inside! I got got a ton of Dr. Pepper and dimple whiskey ready for you. Pouring D&Ds right now! I'm just going to throw them into your eye. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! What a terrible time to take a sip of that Dr. Pepper! Holy shit! I almost had a major mistake. Almost a major malfunction there. Oh shit! Oh no! I just want to say if anyone's listening and they do try a DD, I would like to know. How you enjoyed it? Yeah. <laughs> yes, please yes. let us know. Yes, please. please. Yeah, please. that's a great yes. idea. Great idea. And I would like all the Dr. Pepper variations in a DD. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Launch the Super X. It's already on its way. We do finally see the Super X ship, and I just wondered if it looked like this to you, like it did to me. It kind of looked like the Russian sub from the beginning, but floating around in the sky. Mm-hmm. Maybe. It, it, it did. had a very similar look. Mm-hmm. It looked very parked. When it was like most of the time, like right. floating but parked, <laughs> yeah, and in a then, constantly parked position. Yes, <laughs> I I feel like it had to have been borrowed from some other science fiction. Like it was just like we've got you know we've got the the little model spaceship. If we can, yeah, yeah. They, yeah. it definitely yes. felt very taken from like 1950s sci-fi. You know, yes. the thing is called mm-hmm. Super X. Like mm-hmm. that's the most generic. I don't even know, but everyone just like. Sounds good. That sounds sciencey enough for me. Right. Well, and then the <laughs> the plan is to shoot a missile into his mouth, and it takes them three steps to fire everything. Right. Like just fire yeah. at will is the phrase you want. Yeah. They say fire, but then the thing has to pop up. The little like <laughs> turret mm-hmm. comes up, and it's like there's a three step process just to fire mm-hmm. these 
cadmium. Cadmium, folks. We're going to get back to that. Cadmium missiles. Cadmium. Let's get to it right now. It makes Godzilla real sleepy. And I'm wondering (laughs) why. Because what is cadmium? Is it, it's it's um, bird Xanax, <laughs> but like everybody knows that. Yeah, I read mean, the letterbox; it's in there. So I'm scrolling. It's a lot. There's a lot. I have to keep scrolling down. Uh, the irony is, cadmium is a soft, malleable metal. Right. Oh, did you used, crunch? Did you crunch? It's used to cadmium? make rechargeable batteries crunch? and solar panels. And oh. if, if you if you're what? overexposed to it. It can cause kidney disease and give you fragile bones. Not make you sleep, though. Oh. Or freeze you. Well, so maybe they were just fair, trying to give him ca- kidney to disease. To be fair, they failure. haven't tested what the effect is on birds. So True. That's... <laughs> birds already have candy bones. So uh, Eric has, has added to soaked it. popcorn balls and cadmium all day long. <laughs> yeah. is one thing I've learned yeah. about her. Well, birds have hollow bones, so I don't know if it would, if it would really hurt him that much. But it goes in the middle of the hollow bones. Yeah. But isn't one of the prerequisites of a me- of a missile to use like a hard metal? I mean, are, otherwise, aren't you like basically throwing the missile equivalent of a beanbag at him? I don't. I think my impression was that it was like hard missile with a cadmium surprise, like the caramel. Oh, a, <laughs> like a Cadbury, like a Cadbury yes. cream egg. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, what a delicious Aracody. And inside, it's so woozy. Yeah. I had too much. So what's the point of the cadmium shooting it into his mouth? It does make him go to sleep. Was that to buy time for the scientist to plug in his bird sound machine? Because I think how they is thought, that? They thought they killed him for a while. I think people they were like. They thought he was dead. And they thought, we don't need the bird sound machine. But I was yeah. like, if the point of this mission is to plug in the bird sounds and lure him into a volcano, which they do spend a lot of time setting up. Even though nothing can kill him. Even though nothing can kill him. And we're just going <laughs> to yeah. bury him, I guess, in a volcano, which will only make him stronger later, I guess. Mm-hmm. But that's their plan. But then, like, if they're going to shoot this thing, it's going to make him sleepy sleepy to maybe be dead then the volcano plant doesn't it doesn't even make any sense why are we even still working on it because that's why all the x1 guys were like fuck you Birdman." that's <laughs> did you miss that scene because... yeah i did i missed that scene i missed that scene <laughs> fuck you bird guy everybody turns on the bird people mm-hmm. it's so unfair yeah because uh-huh. because yeah. that that says to me that everybody was going i don't think this bird plan yeah. It's going to work. That, everyone so how can you like, blame them? <laughs> that's the back. Yeah. How can you blame them? That's the back of blame. I mean, this movie is full of quotes and plans. Like one of the quotes in the movie is when mankind falls into conflict with nature, monsters are born. I would argue a follow-up question is needed after that to say <laughs> like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> nope. No follow-up. They just all go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. Uh, much like when, like early on, someone's like, "Oh, it's definitely Godzilla." <laughs> I don't think we need to jump. <laughs> jump to Godzilla. Godzilla like, like th- have a couple other theories, but up one hundred percent, it's Godzilla. <laughs> Look at that bird brain. Look at that bird brain. Godzilla. It's Godzilla. Um, this is a weird, and I don't know if. Uh, so the heartbeat scene where Godzilla is like sleepy and he's not really bleeding, but he's sort mm-hmm. of extra moist. Mm-hmm. Um, were they trying to evoke the Dinor de Laurentiis King Kong where there's a mm. heartbeat scene while he's dying? Mm, I don't know. Mm. That's a good question. 
I don't know. I know I bring these deep movie references, but I think it it reminded me of that, which also had a big impression on me as a small child of just like. Yeah, that whole scene where he does get the cadmium, I think we're supposed to see that his heartbeat is going down and that's why he falls Mm -hmm. asleep. But I it was a it made it didn't make me think that until after he fell asleep. So my mind was filled with other theories about what that is about. Why are we hearing his heartbeat? What's happening? I think they were because they had a very, very that brazen psycho scene at the uh, during the sea bug part where mm-hmm, they turn right. around and uh, I was like, is this is this going to be all <laughs> little movie t- hat tips or right, maybe yeah, I'm just making yeah, right, that up? For sure. Also, the music that plays during the scene where the reporter goes on to the ship before he gets attacked by the lice sounds eerily like the music when. They discover the Nor- when they enter the Norwegian camp and John Carpenter's the thing. Like mm-hmm. the music mm-hmm. style and even the melody is very similar. And I thought, are you are you trying to do that? Is that on purpose? Maybe. Which maybe there it's a secretly just Easter eggs, Easter egg. That's not a lice, that's an Easter egg. That's oh. <laughs> yeah. everybody yeah. started out a little negative. But sounds like we're dipping into things we love <laughs> and things we. <laughs> That's the best I can do. That's the best I can do. Hate it. Sound like a Hate bird. Sound like, like a bird. Sound like a bird to me. Right. Sounded more like a bird than that laser. So just, just. You know. All right, let's talk about the things we love and the things we hate about Godzilla 1985. Allie, what is something you loved? Um, the uh, Godzilla picks up train. That's all I want in a Godzilla movie. Mm-hmm. Godzilla yeah. picks up train, looks mm-hmm. at people, they freak out, and then he just mm-hmm. doesn't even just bam. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Godzilla yeah. picks yep. up train is what I'm yeah, there for. Yeah, I love that too. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. really great. That was really great. Mark, what's something that you loved? Uh, I loved that uh, that guy decided, hey, while the town is running in fear, I'm gonna enjoy a D and D and a nice dinner mm-hmm. by myself. <laughs> I'm even mm-hmm. going to ask the garçon to take my plate from me i mean this guy is living his best life when everyone is full full of terror from godzilla taking over tokyo he's like no 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 you guys are doing it wrong this is a time to eat up and enjoy that final meal by the way uh D dinner and dessert is a nice evening is what he's having (laughs) (laughs) it is it is It's hard, to, it's hard to line those up, but when you can. Yeah. <laughs> so choice. Uh, Erica, what is something you love? I I agree with you both, with Allie and, and Mark. I love both those things as well. Yeah. I also like any time we get to see Godzilla charging himself. Mm-hmm. So he goes yeah. in, pulls out the reactor mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see his like spikies in the back glowing. Yeah. And he's like mm-hmm. charging up, mm-hmm. but it doesn't make any sense. Like he's just holding it toward to himself i guess and that's enough i lo- but i love that like just yeah. seeing him stand there just charging himself and then he kind of just throws it move right moves on follows I'm full. Yeah. yeah yeah how does he know that he's full i don't know i don't but know yeah good for him um well um trying to think of things something i love but because i really did love that train scene because that's the one where you really see the uh, his face mm-hmm. really yeah. super close up yeah and it's really it was really silly and I really enjoyed that. But I will say there is that nice scene where we go through the Pentagon and we see everybody's face. And then the last guy is the young, the youngest soldier who's just drinking a Dr. Pepper. Or maybe oh we start God. with him and then we move <laughs> on. Either way. Yeah. Yes. He takes a sip of I mean, I thought that was 
I mean, it's it's like you said, it the, the product placement is just it's so over the top that it's that. And I mean, I'm like, I I love that part of yeah. it. You know, I love that part of the, this. We also mm-hmm. we forgot to mention that we love that, or at least I did. We talked about it. When we were watching it that the brother's name was just Kenny. Right, Kenny. right. Everybody right. else had much more like traditional Japanese names, and then Kenny. Right. I couldn't figure out if that was a sly not like so many of those movies have a character named Ken or Kenny in them when they're when they're bastardized into English. And I don't know if that's a running joke or if that's. a Yeah. Well, his sister's name is Nyoko. Yeah. And then she's like, he's like, Nyoko. And she's like, Kenny. Kenny. It's like, (laughs) that feels like why if we are going to go down the kenny route why didn't we just figure out something for nayoko like Mm -hmm. i mean if we're gonna just you know naomi yeah no he's godzilla he's just ken yeah yeah um mark did you (laughs) it looks like you are gesturing with the dr pepper can well done let's see if we can get that sponsor while we do this podcast (laughs) let's see uh what we Let's see what it, we hated. We'll go back to you, Allie. What is something you hated? Okay. It's it's the long-term planning of the professor's like, he can't be killed. And he's like, uh, throw him in a volcano. And then the younger guy's like, what a horrible death. And he's like, no, no, we're just sending him back to the earth. Okay. But if your theory's wrong, you're trapping him in lava. For, it's horrible. And no one's like, wait a minute. Right. We Plus have, we're we all- activating a volcano. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. That is apparently yep. very much near town. Mm-hmm. Should yep. should we think about the fact that this might be very painful to right? Yeah. Right. It, sure, mm-hmm. he stomps, but we're ambivalent about him. We kind of like him. He's mm-hmm. he's just warning us about that thing we all know he's warning us about. <laughs> Whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Whatever it might be. Yes. Um, so yeah, it's the it the whole plan of trap Godzilla, who's really done nothing wrong in lava, because we think it might return him to the earth. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Sorry Mark. to bring us all down. At the very least, <laughs> no, it's it's just uh, you know. I mean, at no, the very it, least, it's... hopefully, it takes care of that sea louse problem. Right, sure. that's yeah. what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. They give it, the it's really way. a sea louse dip for Godzilla. Yeah. That's all the <laughs> yeah, volcano is. Right, right. <laughs> Mark, what's something you hated? Um, I, I'm going to have to piggyback off of what Ali said that this um, this thing that Godzilla is trying to teach us that we never find out ever. <laughs> At all, like not even a hint. Mm-hmm. He comes back to do what? Don't know. And the movie never even tries to explain it. It'll give you a lot of monologue talking about how God's teaching us, or Godzilla, or God. You know, depending. I mean, Wait a lot minute. of people worship, worship the cult of Godzilla. The God is here. God is here. Sometimes they, they're just G for short. If you, if that's what you prefer, but there's a lot of pontification about what mm. Godzilla is trying to teach us. And he doesn't teach anything at all. Mm. The, yeah. It's a very, he, at least the other movies were uh, not elegant, but they were like, this is what Godzilla or Gamera or Mothra or Rodan was trying to teach us. And they right. tell you, and this is more, I don't know if I could pick it up from context clues. I don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just a little yeah. too deep for you guys. I get it. Mm-hmm. I get yeah. it. It's, yeah. This movie was on a deep level. Mm-hmm. It's just so deep. You just had to really, really have to think about it for mm-hmm. years, forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm kind of looking forward to 
watching David Lynch's Dune so I can watch a movie that's just easy to understand. <laughs> yeah, I just, just I need like lose every- myself. I can check my phone for a while and just be like, I get it. I know where this is going. So, <laughs> Erica, what is something you hated? I think I hated that we never got to see the grandson again. Because it seemed odd to show him. Like, it Mm -hmm. it felt like he was going to play a role, too. He should at least almost get stepped on. You're right. Yeah. Something Mm -hmm. that he was going to have to take him with him or that he was going to be in peril. Not that I enjoy children in peril movies, but Mm -hmm. it seemed like, well, he could have also just been retired and and alone on it. in his island or at yeah. his office or whatever. It just seems so random to, to, I think our point earlier, it was just a, it was just a chance for the grandson to be playing with the Godzilla toy, which also seemed I, random or maybe product placement. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure, but yeah, I was just bummed that we didn't see the grandson again, that it, it sort of was just like, okay, we'll see you grandpa. Were you just playing in the corner in the Pentagon? <laughs> oh yeah. Maybe only had clearance <laughs> to go so far. Yeah. Maybe just, he was there. I'm going against the wall. Cause my grandson's here. So yeah. I'm just here to keep an eye on him while we watch Godzilla. His mom said no Dr. Pepper. So no, <laughs> nobody get him one, no matter how much he asks. <laughs> it gets hyper. I feel like a lot of the movies, like they had moments that they wanted to show much like grandson looking up at military officer who's suddenly in his home. Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. And then like they, or they wanted Godzilla's alive. And then they just did the most clumsy retro engineering to how do we get there of like, Oh, we want this obvious couple to get together. How how about a really complicated helicopter rescue instead of just, instead of just having a building crash between them and everyone else. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, there is a lot of complications in this. And I think that that part of that is like, you know, I think the original film had issues. I mean, (laughs) I, I, you know, I don't think everything, I don't think they had a great source material in front of them. And so fair, they were working with that, but there's a lot, they're only adding to it when Raymond Burr says, he's looking for something, searching. If only we could figure out what it is. Before it's too late. Well, we don't know because we never find out any of that. <laughs> what if we anything. did in the Japanese version and it was cut out? The message was too too hot to handle. He's looking for more sea louses. That's what he's <laughs> that's what he's looking for. Looking to get rid of sea louses. <laughs> right. He wants to get rid of them. Okay, I got a lot to uh, offload here. Does anyone want some sea louses? He can't go back to class until those sea louses are off of him. <laughs> now it's time for our favorite scene. Allie, what was your favorite scene? I, I'm st- I am sticking with Godzilla picks up train. I can't. I I actually watched that one more than once on the first viewing because that's what I'm there for in a Godzilla movie. Sure, Mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Mark, what was your favorite scene? Definitely this spinning news headline montage. I just (laughs) love the news headline montage. Yes. Um, Now, my two favorites, admittedly, are Tootsie, when she when when Dustin Hoffman's <laughs> character really really makes it big and you get all the magazine headlines, but I think mm-hmm. that my favorite mm-hmm. of all time when I look back at some of my the movies that left a big impression on me as a child is Airplane because you have the spinning disaster looms for airline passengers, then the next newspaper is Chicago prepares for cash crash landing, and the last one is boy trapped in refrigerator eats own foot, which <laughs> <Right>. reminds me, <laughs> remember. Now, a lot of people listening probably don't remember this because they might be younger. But as a kid, getting trapped in a refrigerator was a big deal. Like (laughs) everyone was taught, if you see an empty refrigerator, don't climb into it. 
I, yes. I never was in the situation where there was just a, a woebegone refrigerator in the, in the area that you could play in. <laughs> but my parents made very clear to never climb into a refrigerator because because you would get trapped. And I remember thinking at the time, I understand that in their day you had a latch on a refrigerator. Mm-hmm. But last time I checked, the refrigerators, even in the 70s and 80s, were just the, the, the plastic uh, – liner around it which the i was seal, pretty sure right. if you got in a refrigerator the seal you, yeah you could, you could just kick push that it open. open yeah that, you could, that yeah. seal is pure cadmium guys you can't <laughs> yeah and it yeah. puts you to sleep yeah. it puts but, you yeah, to sleep you, you fall, fall asleep, asleep you in just there. curl up in the fridge <laughs> that's how refrigerators get you <laughs> yeah you think they, they lure you in they look so safe and cool <laughs> you're gonna just come in have a chill nap <laughs> nope my first apartment in Chicago, the previous tenant had left something hideous in there that just rotted. And my landlord, I, I came home and was like, oh, great. They replaced the refrigerator. And they looked out and then they had the refrigerator with the door still on it on my back porch. And I had a moment of like, oh, my God, some child will go in there. <laughs> right. <laughs> like it's absolutely right. primal. Right. Yeah. The right. door's still on. A kid's going to climb up. Yeah. Do it, I? Was, it was up there. It was like... It was like toe to toe with getting rabies. Yeah, or the, ref- yeah. the risk of refri- getting trapped in a refrigerator. Don't and go up to rabies. a dog you don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because right, God. right, mm-hmm. or a dog that off a in- leash. Mm-hmm. Not, not to add another one to it, but that and quicksand. Quicksand, quicksand was a big deal, mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. have never run into quicksand, and I don't know that I ever will. I'll probably die and never get to see quicksand. But as a kid, right, you mm-hmm. just doomed yourself by saying that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Next week, New World Pictures podcast host Mark dies in quicksand. quicksand. <laughs> Why didn't he listen to the quicksand safety You'll tips? You'll never see it coming. <laughs> <laughs> Autopsy revealed he was riddled with rabies. <laughs> <laughs> Claimed he was diving into quicksand to pull up a refrigerator. Yes. <laughs> Erica, what was your favorite scene? I kind of already mentioned my favorite scene as well is when he charges himself. I really mm. like that. And you see his spikes light up and kind of. We like what we like in this neat. Godzilla movie. Yeah, we don't, yeah. we're not, mm-hmm. we're not gonna, yeah. we're not gonna go any further than that. Um, <laughs> uh, my little favorite scene was the grandson coming up and not seeing the person in front of him, which we've already gone over. But like, that is, mm-hmm. was like, how does you, how, I mean, it, I can't tell for sure because we were watching the VHS, but like, I think the door is open. Like a guy has walked into your home and you were unaware. Like, yeah, uh, Mr. Bird, let's not leave this child out in the main room while you sit in the back. Like this right. child is unaware of everything going on in this room. You well, that one's need... not going to be a reporter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was a former reporter. He is. He, is, he, yeah. he did not pass in though that those instincts and savvy to his grandson who is <laughs> unaware of his own environment. <laughs> So that's for me. Let's get into some final questions. Here's our final questions for Godzilla 1985. Did Godzilla have a lazy eye? <gasps> How dare you? I look like it, though. When you saw him right in the face, not a, I mean, like in the train scene, everything. Every time you looked right in that face, it kind of looked like he had a lazy eye. Am I wrong? Does a bird have a lazy eye? No. Yeah. No, he's probably just looking all around with his yeah. bird eye. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Does he have two penises is my next question. <laughs> or do they just retract? I just need to know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He has a cloaca. I don't know. <laughs> I did I did like 
like I do feel like a, a conscious decision was we're gonna make this Godzilla look like 1950s Godzilla. Like they surely they had some other options in the 80s, and they're like, no, he's gonna look like Godzilla, and I think that's mm-hmm. the right the right call. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. but no lazy eye. Okay, was the Dr Pepper stuff? And I feel like I know the answer to this question, but was the Dr Pepper stuff too much, or should they have gone <laughs> even harder into the Dr Pepper stuff? <laughs> <laughs> they should have leaned hard. Into right. <laughs> I mean, I thought have, that, that after they think they've killed him with the missiles, they should have done the Dr. Pepper dance mm-hmm. in the middle of yes. ruined Tokyo. And Once he falls and falls asleep against it, the younger guy should have done a spit take with Dr. Pepper. Like, <laughs> Is he dead? Like they should have just done. I think oh. they should have really leaned in. But. And they should have revived him by pouring Dr. Pepper. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. right. Birds yeah. love Dr. Pepper. <laughs> they do. Yeah. <laughs> they love being bathed in it. Yes. It gets them energized. Yeah. Well, in 2023, Dr. Pepper surpassed Mountain Dew as the third most popular soft drink in the United States. What? So- <laughs> He's not done. He's not done crunching the Dr. Pepper. Wow. He's just sprinkling it in. Wow. Sprinkling it He's in the like real a little doctor. cadmium. He's the real right. doctor. Finally, uh, which closing monologue was better? (laughs) The one in the movie or the one in the original script? And so let's start with a clip of the closing monologue from the movie itself. Nature has a way sometimes of reminding man of just how small he is. She occasionally throws up the terrible offsprings of our pride and carelessness to remind us of how puny we really are in the face of a tornado, an earthquake, or a Godzilla. The reckless ambitions of man are often dwarfed by their dangerous consequences. For now, Godzilla, that strangely innocent and tragic monster, has gone to Earth. Whether he returns or not, or is never again seen by human eyes, the things he has taught us remain. The things he taught us remain. remain. You don't need to know what those things are. Yeah, what are those things? (laughs) Is he innocent? Because he was like destroying the shit out of towns. He killed thousands of people. Right, like lots of... Death. And, yeah, but like when a bird shits all over your car, like who are you really mad right. at? <laughs> you should be mad at yourself for parking under that bird's home. Yep, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Here's the original monologue that was in the script. Raymond Burr rewrote that monologue for himself. Here's the original monologue. It says, In the modern age and a world of innocence lost, Godzilla is a warning, a nightmare, escaped for a brief moment into the land of the living. A reminder that the reckless ambitions of man are often dwarfed by the dangerous consequences. And now he's been summoned back to Earth to slumber again. Whether he returns remains for future generations to decide for themselves. Mm. Oh, I like the second. I like the the uh, the screenplay version better. It makes a little more of a, a real point. Yeah, it kind yeah, of makes sure. some kind of point where yeah. I feel like Raymond Burr's, you know, no offense to him, rest in peace, but like it was real flowery and nice, but it doesn't mean anything. 
No, that's Did, yeah. He just wanted to say words like that. <laughs> yeah, he just is like, man, if only I had written this script, I would have given myself some beautiful lines. Yeah. <laughs> and the music playing behind him is borderline comical. Yes. Like he, it, 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 that it seems like it should be in a comedic movie. It becomes farcical yeah. a little bit because yeah. it's so dramatic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's so yeah, dramatic. It, it was already and, composed and then they cast Raymond Burr and then yeah. they're like, oh, we're not in a comedy. I just thought that was a record his grandson put on. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> While he was just reading his, reading his notes out loud. Uh, let's get into some research. First of all, yeah. this is the return of Godzilla is the first Godzilla movie in nine years. Okay, so they hadn't made one in a long, long time. So I found a I found a bunch of this information from Steve Rifle's book, uh, Japan's Favorite Monstar, which is kind of hard to find, but is available on the Internet Archive. And I suggest picking it up. It's a good, good, good read. Lots of good stuff in here. They hadn't made a Godzilla movie since Terror of Mechagodzilla, which is like the worst attended Godzilla film of all time and did not make much money at all. And it's not that they didn't want to make another one and they just didn't make one until Return of Godzilla. They were trying to make them, but they wanted to make sure they made something good because Terror of Godzilla was not very good in their <laughs> eyes. Now, what then happened is in the early 80s, director Steve Miner, he would uh, who would go on to direct House and Soul Man for New World Pictures, but at the time was fresh off of Friday the 13th 3D. He got the rights to Godzilla from Toho and came up with a deal for them to co-finance a Godzilla movie. And he was going to make a big 3D Godzilla movie written by Fred Decker, who was came up with a story for House and would go on to make uh, Monster Squad and Night of the Comet, which we talked about Night of the Comet on this podcast. But uh, it was going to be Godzilla. He's mean again. He's going to attack San Francisco. It's going to be in 3D. But the budget was probably going to be about $30 million, which in now money seems okay. But in early 80s money, it seemed like a whole lot to give to the guy who just made Friday the 13th 3D. So Mm. he did not get a lot of buyers. But it's as late as October 1984, Variety, I'm quoting from the book here, Variety again reported that Miner's U.S. version of Godzilla was, quote, being talked up, but has not yet gone into production. So... He was still trying to sell it even in 1984. So what Toho decided to do is that they were then going to make their own Godzilla movie. In fact, they were getting pressured from a lot of people, including a 10,000 uh, member group calling itself the Godzilla Resurrection Committee. They got more than 40,000 signatures saying, make another Godzilla movie. And so wow. they said, OK, wow. we're going to make Return of Godzilla. They, they went back to a concept they called the Rebirth of Godzilla, which is a script they wrote in 1977. And they said, let's go to that. Let's try to create a new movie, which we will just release in Japan. We won't release it anywhere else. And then the Japanese fans will have their Godzilla. And then Steve Miner will make his Godzilla movie, maybe eventually, if anyone will give him the money. And we'll have both. Going with every plan again. That's right. Mm-hmm. Going with every mm-hmm. plan. Let's just do all the things. Mm-hmm. We'll throw all the missiles at everything. And don't forget to also reactivate the volcano. And we'll do the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So the original story that they were going back to, the rebirth of Godzilla, was for him to fight a new monster called Bagan, B-A-G-A-N, which he only defeats by absorbing energy from a nuclear power plant. This basically gets abandoned. Like he gets his ass beat and then eventually he absorbs enough energy and he defeats Bagan. Well, they threw all that out with the exception of like the nuclear power plant stuff, Mm -hmm. but they get rid of all that. And that's, that's what they use in Godzilla 1985. However, the costs of return of Godzilla kind of went out of control. And most of this is due 
to this Godzilla Cybot, which is a 16-foot-high, cable-controlled Robozilla designed to perform a wide range of facial expressions and upper body movements not possible with traditional suitmation and puppetry. So they do say, perhaps inspired by the 40-foot prosthetic ape and the huge mechanical arms that attracted much publicity to Dino De Laurentiis's King Kong remake mm. nearly a decade earlier, Toho mm. spent a reported $475,000 to build the wow. Cybot, which contained 3,000 computer-controlled mechanical parts, weighed 1.2 tons, and was oh, operated by hydraulic pressure. Wow. 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 So just so they could get those facial expressions that I read to be a lazy eye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to get that, like, one blink that they get out of him. Mm-hmm. Right. Just mm-hmm. one little wink. So Return of Godzilla comes out in Japan, and it does okay. Uh, it didn't make their meet their projections. They were hoping it was going to make at least $12 million. It didn't. It made, like, six or something like that. So maybe that's why they started shopping the rights to release Return of the Godzilla in the U.S. for several million dollars they put out in the trades, uh, where, where they Toho tried to get a bidding war going. Wow. Saying, oh, all the best one we can get is only $2 million. Trying to be like, everybody raise $2 million. What's that? Just raise a couple more million. And so instead, New World steps in and purchases the rights they paid Toho a measly, I'm quoting the book again, a measly $500,000 for the rights. That's that's a bargain. If that's that a $2 million was a legitimate offer, you should have taken it. Yeah. They So $500,000 for the rights. Then they spent roughly $200,000 to film the new English language insert scenes, 50000 of which went to Raymond Burr, mm-hmm. plus $2.5 million for advertising and promotion to strike theatrical prints. So they were in for basically three, um, some change million, basically, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For, for New World to, for all of this. Yeah. Uh, the movie opens in August, August 23rd, 1985. A week or so before the release. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, that wasn't me. <laughs> it's a cat. Uh, a week or so before the release, Dr. Pepper, I thought it was a bird. <laughs> Dr. Pepper launches a $10 million advertising campaign. Wow. $10 million. $10 million. $10 million. This was on top In of In 85 three. money. Yes. Quote from Rusty Citron, director of national promotion and merchandising for New World Pictures, telling the LA Times, this is the perfect marriage of product placement and promotion. We think everyone's going to have a lot of fun with it. You weren't wrong, Rusty. <laughs> <laughs> it is done Case in the end point. Yeah. <laughs> right. If this podcast is any is any guy. <laughs> How did Doc New World convince Dr. Pepper to get involved with the movie? Well, they were already planning an advertising campaign with Godzilla. Already. Wow. So at the time New World picked up the rights for Return of Godzilla. Citron found out the doctor, about the Dr. Pepper campaign and he flew out to them and said, hey, what if we put a Dr. Pepper machine in our movie and then we can kind of jump in on your campaign that you're already spending all this money on and everybody wins, right? Well, I mean, that's good jumping on, New World. Yeah, yeah, yeah Rusty's sure. working hard here. You did a good job. They also created a music video for 
a song that doesn't play in the movie, but they created a music video filled with footage of the movie in the music video, which played on MTV. I'm I, I read maybe twice. So, oh, man. and here's the song. Oh no! Oh no! Yes. They thought like, oh, the kids will love it. Like, <laughs> How did that not do well on MTV? <laughs> we got the Fosse snaps. We got the yeah. 60s music. What are the oh. 80s kids not loving? <laughs> <laughs> I cannot believe it. I was, uh, the movie, the song is called I Was Meant to Love You, uh, or I Was Afraid to Love You, I think it was called. Sure. Um, I don't know what that had to do with anything. I, 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 it's baffling why they thought wow. that was yeah. going to work in any way. Is this uh, something I, where like they're people are afraid to drink Dr. Pepper because it's not the coolest soda and it might have two penises. I don't <laughs> understand. Wait, 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 what? <laughs> wait, <I> just <laughs> look, you can't, you can't get all those different flavors from dipping one penis into a can of Dr. Pepper. You have to dip two penises in there. Well, everybody knows there's only 16 flavors per penis. Everybody knows oh, that. Oh, and then the podcast got sued out of existence. For the box office, uh, this didn't do well. Oh. It made about four million dollars, oh. which, if you are, if that is that, their advertising budget, or if it's the advertising budget that the book said, stated, they pretty much made their money back or got close yeah. to mm-hmm. it. But it is a giant hit on home video, and that is the thing that really saves it. Now, I don't, That's I don't surprising. have an exact number, but I do believe Tony Randall said it, it sold more than a hundred thousand units. And this is in the days when it sells for $80 and that's what you would buy. Like you, if you're a retailer and you're, you're, you're buying videotapes, that's what videotapes cost at the time. They cost a ton of money. And so you have to buy a certain amount as a re- as somebody who's renting movies mm-hmm. and know that you're going to get that money back eventually, but you have to buy an $80 tape to start. Oh, that stayed true into the 2000s that if you were a retailer, DVDs and, and videotapes were a lot because you were going to. Yeah, yeah you're going to I mean, they eventually dipped down to like $50 or $40. But this is 1985. So this is right at the beginning of a lot of video companies and New World Video is just starting in 1985. So this made them a lot of money, $80 on like 100,000 units or so. Wow. I'm not sure exactly. I did read an article that said the movie that then launches past Godzilla 1985 for New World was then Black Moon Rising. Who knew? <laughs> Uh, lastly, just want to say what else New World was releasing on New World Video uh, at the time of the Godzilla 85 release. Here's what they put out the same week. The Delivery Boys. New York City, famous for its culture. Its street life. 
It's nightlife. And it's delivery boys. The legend of Hillbilly John. What? Is that supposed to be like maybe Billy Jack? But Somewhere between Billy Jack and the Wizard of Oz, who fears the devil? An unforgettable odyssey into a strange and exciting land. So get ready, because that's something we're going to eventually talk about on this podcast. So (laughs) I'm ready. Uh, (laughs) You're ready. You're ready. You're cooling the Dr. Pepper as we speak. It's on ice. Let's get this going. Just cooling it. Not getting it cold. No, just I like it, it slightly just cooler. Ab- just, just below room, te- room temp. That's the way I like it. Before we sign off, we have to pick our Godzilla roommate. So yes. we have to pick a roommate. You're signing a year-long lease to a studio apartment. with, And you have to pick one of these three people from Godzilla 1985 to be oh. your roommate. Option number one, Steve Martin. Now, the pro on this is... Everyone's going to think He's a wild and crazy guy. Everyone's going to think it's the Steve Martin. The right, pro yeah, on that is, that's a conversation starter, right? Sure. The con sure. is you're going to have to let everyone down that it's not the depends, Steve Martin. Depends on how right? close you get to that person that you're telling that Steve Martin lives with. Very true. Right, right but, very true. But at the very yeah. least, you can say, oh, yeah, my roommate's Steve Martin. Um, the, he ooh, will what? also constantly talk about Godzilla. So you're gonna have to deal with that. Like it's just He's got gonna be one good story. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he has one good story. <laughs> your next option will be Major McDonough. Now he's Johnny on the spot. If if someone calls the apartment and you're out, you know you're gonna get a very detailed message, and he's gonna put that message in a location that you guaranteed are not gonna miss it. So you'll mm. never have that missed call moment. The con, though, is he's a ginger. Okay, General Goodhue <laughs> is option number three. Okay, General Goodhue, okay. he t- he takes bad news well. He's a problem solver. At one point in the movie, he says, "Let's get the president on the horn," and he's told immediately that the that phone is down for repairs. <laughs> he emits a little damn. But then moves right into problem solving. So this is someone mm-hmm. who can handle. He's going to handle like mm-hmm. a blown water heater. No problem. Mm-hmm. He's going to be like, I yeah. got this. I can fix it. The downside, though, is he's really sweaty, which is evidenced by him having to have the the workout towel mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. his neck from a round of golf. So this guy, yeah, he's a, he's a sweaty. He's a sweaty dude. He's always going to ask to turn down the heat. He's mm-hmm. always going to be asking to open a window. And he's going to kick on that air conditioner the minute it gets more than 75 degrees outside. So Mm -hmm. you're going to have to wrestle with that. Mm -hmm. Which Mm. of these three is going to be your roommate? Mm. Mm. Steve Martin is tempting because he's always going to be busy and you can do whatever you want. And like Mm -hmm. if you paint a wall, he's not going to notice. He's he's brooding and he's stroking his little dragon totem. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But... I'm going to go with Major McDonough because he likes to emphasize a point by popping a tall, cold doctor. And that fridge is going to be full. I'll tell you one thing. I don't have to run out and pick up Dr. Pepper because Major McDonough. There's Mm -hmm. seven in the fridge and two in the freezer, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Erica. I think I probably have to go Steve Martin. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, I think I think I have to. You know, I want to be left alone. 
uh, I can forgive, you know, leaving the door unlocked. It happens to the best of us and then having, you know, a stranger walk in. But, you know, I think it would be really worthwhile just to have somebody that really overthinks everything. And that takes a burden off me. He's the overthinker. He's thinking about it. I can just kick back. He's going okay. yeah. to talk your ear off, though. About right. The end of the yeah. day, he's going to be summing up the day for you. Like, we all need to remember that the air conditioning unit is like a bird. And then he's going to walk <laughs> away. And you're like, what? What are we supposed to? What? Did you rewrite again? <laughs> I'm going to be like, nope, nope. He's right. He's right. It is a fragile system. We need to take care of it. It's part of a larger purpose. Yep. God damn it. He's right. He's right. It is like a bird. You know what, Steve? I'm sorry. I should have left it at 68. You're right. You're right. All right. I'll be just be limits. here standing by the wall if you need me. <laughs> Steve, thank you for respecting that I did not give you clearance to enter my bedroom. <laughs> I'm Ryan. always against this wall. Always. <laughs> I'm going to go with a general because he's always going to be playing golf. That is yeah. all he cares yeah. about. And he's yeah. going to be gone a lot. Yeah. And that's yeah. going to be a lot yeah. of like fun time. No, that's a good roommate. That's a good when roommate. he is there, it won't be fun. He is going to be <laughs> yeah. angry and yeah. surly and it won't be a good time. And I won't oh. like mm-hmm. it. But he'll go to bed early because he's been walking around the golf course all day. So that'll mm-hmm. be good. Mm-hmm. So I just have like dinner time time will be the worst part of the day. And then he's asleep and he's waking up and he's back to, yeah. you know, golf or some issue at the Pentagon. Either way, he's gone. So think, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. dishes are going to be bad with him because you're going to be like, hey, General, it was your turn. He's going to be like, I only saved the world twice today, Ryan. Mm-hmm. Like right. Also, is it too warm in here? Mm-hmm. You're going to get that a lot. Yeah, he'll walk yeah. in from that golf game and constantly be like, "God, yeah. it is roasting in here." It's yeah. February, but so hot. Ass about that so hot. Yeah, but you know, I'm just gonna start doing what he does. And I'm gonna start wearing a towel around my neck. Oh, <laughs> look at you! What the heck? So fashion yeah. forward. Yeah, <laughs> right. I'm gonna pick that up. All right. Well, that is it for for Godzilla 1985. Allie Davis, thank you so much thank for you, being Allie. here. Again. Thank you, thank you, thank you, and for watching. The most unique slice of New World's history. Whoa. I uh, I feel good. I I was genuinely uh, like I loved Godzilla movies as a kid, and also watched the Godzilla cartoon. So mm. like, oh, this was a this was a sharp oh goody, and then maybe a little disappointment. But I'm glad to have. I can't remember if I watched it or not <laughs> to have truly <laughs> fleshed out my Godzilla canon. Right, like this right. One. Yeah. Well, nice. thank you, Allie. And, and tell everybody where they can find you uh, online, where oh, you would man. prefer them to find you. I'm just standing up against the wall online. Dot <laughs> 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 com. That's where you are on social media. You are standing against standing the up. wall. I can't go any further than this. <laughs> okay. Uh, you can, you can find me at Allie Davis on blue sky lately. Um, okay. Yeah. Very good. All right. All right. That's awesome. where you can find her. You can find all of our information on newworldpicturespodcast.com. That's where you can find all of our episodes, our T-shirts, buy a T-shirt. We have a bunch of new designs that will be coming in this year. Original designs from our episodes plus our logo. Buy a T-shirt. We don't have a Patreon because we couldn't <laughs> pull one off. So <laughs> buy a T-shirt instead. That would really help us out. Uh, They're what excellent would help T-shirts. Us- Thank you very much. And what would help even more is if you told somebody about the show, spread the word, and join us next time for another New World Pictures movie. We'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. With me here, I have Malcolm 
of the New World Pictures podcast. Malcolm, how are you? Good. Awesome. Thanks for joining me. You're here because you watched Godzilla 1985. So I'm going to ask you a couple questions about it. Okay. So Malcolm, what is this movie about? Godzilla. I think it's about Godzilla because it's like so action-packed with Godzilla. Nice. Did you have a favorite scene of this movie? What's your favorite scene? Um, when there was a guy that was like drinking Dr. Pepper and I thought that was kind of funny because it's like Godzilla's attacking Tokyo and you should honestly be paying attention to that <laughs> instead of drinking Dr. Pepper. <laughs> like, put the drink down. Just pay attention to Godzilla. <laughs> was there anything you didn't like about this movie? Um, how Godzilla's eyes looked in different directions. <laughs> <laughs> anything else that you think I should know or anything you want to tell listeners watch this movie 100% (laughs) you're bored or something (laughs) awesome thanks Malcolm you're welcome